Hey guys, really quick. I genuinely hate, I hate to do this, but uh, something's kind of happened. Uh, long story short, I, my sister, and my best friend, some of you know Ms. Deej, bought a house last year, and the foundation work, turns out, was really shitty. Um, again, long story short, it's going to cost us 30 grand, and we just don't have that. Uh, the reason I'm being kind of quiet and kind of weird is because Deej doesn't know this, so it's kind of fun. Kind of on the DL. This is in no way affiliated with Fumbling Four. This is just me. I'm just lucky enough to have this platform to ask if anyone has even a penny to spare. It would be genuinely greatly appreciated. And also, for anyone curious why Deech doesn't know I'm doing this, he hates asking for help. I just can't stand here. Just watching as my best friend struggles through something like this, I, I I just want to help him any way I can. The link will be in the show notes. It's a GoFundMe called Emergency Foundation Work. Thanks again, guys. Robot Gorilla Man. Robot Girly Man. Bobby G. Pop Smurf. Rodent Guillotine. Rabbi Goldman. Rowboat Gorilla Man. Red Bull Gasoline. Lord of the Imperium of Man. Primarch of Ultra Smurf Boy Scouts. Rowboat Girly Man. Eldar Railer. Bet you can't guess who we're talking about today. Welcome back to the Warhammer Lorecast, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Naked Mango. With me today is the Seven Blades. Hey, everybody. Seven. Been a fan, been a friend, and now I'm a guest. Happy to be here. First and foremost, I would like to say, everybody, give big hugs to crit life is got a raw dog at him right now so if you're religious pray for him if you're not sacrifice a goat or something just you know he puts a lot on himself and he could really use a hugs and kisses right now so temporarily for for a little bit i am going to he's still going to be around as much as I can, you know, squeeze out of him to make me more money. But when he can't due to life, I'll bring in Blades or I'll bring in Moosey. I'll bring in somebody so we can keep this rolling. If I sound weird, some of you may know, I just recently had surgery. I talked for the first time in a week yesterday. So this is going to be a bit of a short one because I still can't talk much. And if I sound weird, that's just because I am weird. And confirm. And also, I don't clean my closet, so it gets pretty dusty in there. <laughs> <laughs> just in case, because I know, I know you've been on a few Patreon episodes, but what is your background with Warhammer? All right. Um, it actually 
started because I was playing Warframe. Um, maybe I think I've told you a little bit about this, but basically I was playing uh, Trinity Prime and the color scheme I had someone's, and the stuff I was wearing, someone had mentioned that I look a lot like I would be a Blood Angel. Um, and I had I had no idea what the hell a Blood Angel was. I'm like, that sounds cool. So I dug into it and I have autism. So when I dig into things, I tend to dig into them a lot. And all of a sudden I started learning a lot about Blood Angels. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And I started talking about this universe to some of my friends, like it was the newest, biggest thing. And lo and behold, I realized that this has been around for a long time. Um, My particular DM for our D&D sessions, he's a super big nerd for Warhammer. And he sat me down and started explaining a lot of things to me. And I've been hooked since. And do you still play? You, I, I believe your favorite still Blood Angels, right? Yes, and it might be more or less because that's just who I know the most about. Fair. But I, I, I really do enjoy a lot of the factions. Fair enough. I've All right. played the tabletop game. Oh baby, <laughs> uh, I've, I'm interested to give it a shot. The way my friend talks about it, it it's it's a time investment a money investment but yeah, yeah. you know once you've already have the money investment the time investment seems hardly an issue because it's just fun all the time well realistically if you play D D, the time investment not that much different i mean it just has more models you know you're looking yeah. at for a, for a regular 2000 point game you're looking at two hours on average for a game What's an average? What's an average D and D session? You know, four or five hours, depending on who you are. Yeah, for the most part. So there you go. Also, uh, I did. I actually did not know you had not played tabletop. You probably told me. I just don't think about it very often. <laughs> whenever now that crit has an army, uh, whenever we get together to play, you should join us. I would more than love to. Um... Yeah, I'm assuming you're rocking Space Wolves, and Aaron has the Blood Angel army that he's working on. Mm-hmm. Mm. I might go Imperial Knights. Actually, I have one of those as well. Uh, he's I mean, he's worth 500 points. So actually, <laughs> if we do a 500 point battle, I'll let you use my knight. <laughs> perfect we've already got it all planned out <laughs> and next sunday yeah next sunday <laughs> i'll drive i'll drive the six and a half hours <laughs> the the last week of my surgery recovery i'll drive the six and a half hours to play a 30 minute game if you guys <laughs> perfect but, all right, like I said, we will be talking about Gullyman today. Gullyman is Primarch of the Ultramarines. If any of you, those of you who don't know much about Warhammer, anytime you've ever been anywhere and you see a giant person that just screams, this guy's in space, probably a space marine. Not like generic, like, uh, I shouldn't say generic, but like Doom or anything like that. Anytime you see just they're in space, they're called Marines because the Navy's the only thing that exists. 
if you see a giant blue man in big ass armor and bulky ass weapons, you're probably looking at an ultramarine. They are the staple of Warhammer, period. There's pretty much nothing that they ever show anywhere other than ultramarines. Bit of a poster child. Are literally the poster child. They don't even have, they don't even really have special characteristics because their entire thing is they're supposed to just be there. They're, they're supposed to be like, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, like the jack of all trades. They don't have any like, they're not good at one thing because they're supposed to be decent at everything. <coughs> but on that note, let's get into it. Rabute Gulliman. Gilliman, sorry. I just, <laughs> I hate his name. It's so no, uh, unnecessary. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, honestly, when you started off with that list, I'm like, there's at least 13 of those that we've better than his actual name. <laughs> um, is also known as the Avenging Son, the Victorious, the Master, the Master of Ultramar, the Blade of Unity. Like I said, he is the Primarch of the Ultramarines. And the Ultra, the Ultramarines are to date known as the largest chapter of Space Marines because anytime anyone else gets destroyed or like a, a, a new chapter is formed or like one gets too big, so they kind of section them, a different chapter gets too big, so they section themselves off and like one of those goes and gets destroyed. There's like four people left. The Ultramarines take them all in. Ultramarines at this point pretty much have Space Marine from like every faction. I, I'm i using that as a blanket statement. I'm sure there's a few missing, but I wouldn't be able to knock them out because even from the age of the, the, yeah, the age of heresy, um, anyone who decided not to betray, not to become a heretic, wound up with the Ultramarines for the most part. He, um, even amongst all the other Primarchs, he's kind of seen as a paragon because he is, we, I make a lot of jokes about like the perfect son to the Emperor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Gilliman was literally, he was born and raised as a poster child. His whole thing was like being politically correct, being the, the face of Primarchs. He, he wanted to be seen as the perfect, not being, because he doesn't consider himself perfect, but when you look at him, he wanted, he wanted, if you thought about Primarchs, he wanted you to think about him. He's the standard. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah no, you're like, good. A lot of people want to see him as the ideal, but he only wants to set himself as the standard, because you want to continue to strive towards the ideal. That's exactly. at least what I've always understood about him. Yeah, uh, a lot of people, like, if you were to ask the Ultramarines, he's the perfect Primarch. But, and especially now that he's back, he was the first Loyalist Primarch to come back after they all disappeared for various reasons. Uh, jumping way ahead, this, this is current shit. Like, he came back last year, I think. Yeah, pretty soon, pretty, uh, yeah, about last year. But people asked him, like, you're, you're the perfect Primarch. What's that like? He's like, the fuck are you talking about? I'm just a dude. <laughs> like, as much as I, as much as, yeah, as much as I personally, <coughs> oh, 
don't really like the Ultramarines just because they're super basic. Gilliman is actually pretty fucking cool. He said some. He had some of the hardest lines when he came back. Among those, he literally said, "I'm, I'm going to narrow it down because we don't. We haven't given that much information about everything that happened." But he basically said that with how 40k has turned out, it would have been better if Horus would have won. And that was like that was fucking hard. He said that to the Emperor's face, like. He was basically like, what was the point of the war? <laughs> <laughs> he said some hard shit, and he is... When it comes to politics, he's a genius, which doesn't sound that cool, until you remember that he's the leader of a massive army, and the first thing he did when he came back was uh, went to war with Terra. Not with Terra. He just brought all of his soldiers and killed a bunch of people. Because they were like, Ah, yes, I worship the Emperor. And he's like, no, you don't. Shot him in the fucking head. <laughs> he killed heretics, gene stealers. Politics. Uh, po- yeah, poli- yes, politics. The best kind <laughs> of politics. He, it was literally called the Purge of Terra. It was amazing. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if we're talking a little bit about 4K, uh, honestly, right now, yeah, you need to be a master of politics to be able to navigate the sea of chaos that is Imperium. And especially because a lot of it relies on bureaucracy to continue oh, yeah. sustaining its current nothing that it's doing for most of Oh, God, yeah. They, they, had grind, they had ground themselves to a standstill with all of their politics and second-guessing and being stuck in the past. And Gullivan showed up. It was like, you're all fucking idiots. But he also recognized, like, he couldn't... It's good that he's the first one to come back because he recognized everybody worships him as a god which he doesn't want, but he recognized that if he just came out and said, I'm not a god, neither is the emperor, everybody would turn against him. So he's been very slowly basically using that to his advantage and showing people that he's not a god, but in really subtle ways and in ways that people don't start doubting. They're just like, hmm, maybe everything we've been told for the last 10,000 years is bullshit. It's just he's been doing it in really genius ways. Mad respect. Um, but that's all 40k stuff. We're 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 still in 30k mode. <laughs> the emperor intended for the Primarchs to stand at his side during the Great Crusade, which has started out that way. Each one leading one of the 20 Space Marine legions. But of course, as we all know, before that happened, chaos intervened, and uh, Big Mama Imps intervened, and they all got you know cast out to space. Gilliman, Gilliman round wound up on McCrag. He was found and have adopted, much like everybody else, by a local warlord named Konor. And much like all of them, he grew and developed at a superhuman rate. I believe the standard is about two to three years before they were fully adult. He was raised to be a statesman. McCrag is straight up just Rome. Just picture Rome. Part of Gilliman's literal armor is like the golden wreath that you see on like Roman emperors. Like it's Rome. <laughs> Gilliman was a charismatic gift leader, beloved by literally everyone, and he was insanely good at basically taking all of the information and everything he learned and putting it into different like categories, knowing where it needed to be used 
knowing how to use it. He, 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 he's just very good with, I guess, information and then being able to use it, if that makes sense. And this, when I say information, I don't mean people were just walking up and be like, hey, Susie fell down a well. No, we're talking. If we're going to put this in like data, we're talking zeta bytes of information just flowing into him at him just at any given time constantly. He could use everything. He was known as a phenomenal organizer, a logiston, and he could take just the most insane theory where everybody else was like, it's the kind of shit where you're like, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this? They're like, yeah, but it would also be nice if I shat rainbows and, you know, farted skittles. <laughs> He'd be like, well, you know, I can do that. All we got to do is, you know, A plus B equals C, and then we haul in Z, and then, oh, look at that. Uh, somebody learned how to shit rainbows. When the Emperor finally reached McCrag, it was towards the end of the 30th millennium. Gilliman was given charge of the Ultramarines and took zero to... He, there was no, like, if ands, or buts. He kind of just took over, didn't question anything, and just turned the Ultramarines into his legion. And then in the in the in the conquests that they that followed during the Great Crusade, they became renowned as exemplars of what it meant to be a space marine, which makes sense because again I've said this before, he's the one that actually wrote the Codex Starts, which is supposed to be the rule book by which space marines follow. Most of them don't, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> Under Gullimut, Gullimut, I, I keep reading this. In my defense, Gullimut's name is spelled with a U. All right. It's just pronounced Gilliman because God hates people who can't read. But they became, the Ultramarines became arguably the most strategically gifted and tactically balanced of all of the Space Marines. They could take even just theoretical situations and find a practical solution. They were trained to base, they were basically trained to use their mind. It wasn't like as much as I love the Space Wolves. Space Wolves are actually very renowned for being incredibly strategic, but they use what they're good at, which is they can deal with any situation, but their preferred method is go punch that motherfucker in the face. Uh, I mean, you know... <laughs> it works for them. Yeah, it works for them. <laughs> Where the Ultramarines, there is no... Like I said before, they don't have a specialty. It is... You know, you drop them in a room, and if all they have is a rock... They'll MacGyver the shit out of it. They are trained to use their minds in every conceivable capacity. When the heresy started, he fought with loyalty and determination for the Imperium that he believed in with his heart. He never wavered for a second. This is a quote. They drove the foes of their humanity before them, their armies fighting like intricate and perfectly tuned machines to swiftly and decisively outmaneuver every foe. The Ultramarines and ultimately Gilliman's plan was to preserve the Emperor's what he saw as secular purity and what was known at the time as the Imperial Truth within his own realm of Ultramar as the Imperium Secondus. Those of you that know, that don't know, the Imperium Truth was what the Emperor that was the emperor's religion, for lack of a better word. He didn't call it a religion because he hated religion. The imperial truth were gods aren't real. 
the only thing that's real is what you do with your own hands, basically. The Imperial Truth was eventually what was warped into what is now the Emperor's religion, where there is only one true God. Everybody else is, you know, heretics and blah, 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 blah. Uh, eventually, during the heresy, Terror became swarmed multiple times. When he learned that it still stood, he like beelined it to get so that he and his brothers could go fight at his father's side uh, in the final battle. He he saved probably billions, if not trillions, of lives. And argue you can argue what he did. Nothing else helped turn the tide of the battle. For all intents and purposes, we'll get a little. Obviously, we'll get more deep into this. Horus pretty much should have won. The dude, he was the war master for a reason. He did a good job. <laughs> um, but Gilliman didn't get there in time to actually help Terra. He essentially just fucked up the rest of the army. And then the, that is pretty much it for Gilliman, unless we want to get more into 40k, which we won't, because like I said, he was the first loyalist Primark to wake up, and he made moves, waves, <laughs> and enemies, and then a shitload of corpses. So he's he's also the one who instituted the oh, blades help me out. What are they called? The, the new Astartes, the the bigger, better. Oh, the Primaris Marines. The Primaris Marines, yes. He's not the one who invented them. Um, I'm going to keep it real short. Basically, before everything went down, the Emperor had asked a scientist that he worked with very frequently to work on the gene seeds that he had created to make them better. Because obviously there were a lot of flaws, for instance, the blood angels and their thirst, the space wolves and the wolfen, etc., etc. He had asked a scientist to take a look at all of that. And then everything went down and nothing could come of it. So the guy just worked on it for 10,000 years. He, he's still alive. Oh, yeah. Because That's he's crazy. fucking, yeah, he's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he's hilarious. Every interaction is funny as fuck, though, because he is <laughs> insane. But uh, whenever Gullyman came back, one of the first things he did once he kind of got a, the perch settled was he was like, hey, I know Papa Dearest asked you to work on this. Let's fucking go. And dude was like, fucking go! <laughs> the dude was basically, basically like, hey, hey yes! <laughs> I have to imagine that hurt to do that. Oh god, yeah. I was I was genuinely considering not doing it if I had to. <laughs> but with that, I believe we are going to go with a mid-break. Welcome to the mid-break, ladies gents and everyone in between first we're gonna talk about our patrons i haven't thanked you guys and it feels like forever so thank you cat Manda and our servitor here thank you levi amrai and our servitor here. thank you chris slate banana the bard aka banana bardwalker and i am alfarious and our corndog tier Thank you, Evie from HR and our corn dog tier. Thank you, Remington Cloutier and our Imperial Guard tier. And thank you, the Seven Sins. Seven. <laughs> As our Adeptus Fumbless. Uh, you're welcome. Honestly, uh, I don't mind spending money. I know not everyone's in my position, but 
really? Uh, these guys are doing something that I enjoy, and I'm happy to help keep that going. And we are thankful. Next up, roll on over to Fanwell Dice to get all kinds of shit, if I'm being honest. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but they are literally constantly making new dice, dice types. I keep waiting on them to just like, have you ever seen the videos of like in Japan, how you can get like square orange and shit like that? I keep waiting on them to do that with dice. Like, <laughs> just grow fruit that you can use once and then eat or something. I don't know. It's crazy. Go check them out. And use our promo code Almighty C10. That is A L L M I G H T Y C 1 0 for 10% off. And then head on over to Nixie Gaming where you can get all kinds of cool little knickknacks and like gaming accessories and shit like that. Use our promo code L O Z Lore for 10% off and then I will always upsell this one because I fucking love their product W Energy fucking amazing <laughs> use our promo code fumbling four that's the word fumbling with the number four for another 10% Blades did you bring anything to make our viewers spend money on I did you know I will throw this in here real quick actually just so you can see that did not do what I thought it would but um <laughs> well I know in the beginning of this we talked about the tabletop and I I'm not really familiar with it I've never played it myself I've seen still pictures or sometimes a little bit of videos of set pieces for it and whatnot. And I always thought that was pretty cool. And now I know that measuring is a very important thing. And I just didn't really know exactly how important. Uh, what I'm going to bring or am chilling, I suppose, <laughs> to our <laughs> listeners is um, a large bundle for a Wall of Saints Defense Light Kit Scenery. Um, for $79 uh, you can get this honestly impressive looking uh, defense line all wall setup that I think would go to increase the experience of any game like I have to imagine that there might be like match or something for it but if you can get physical props that usually enhances pretty much any tabletop game in my opinion terrain actually is a very important and uh 40k so honestly maybe i might pick up some of this stuff myself especially if we get together to play some games because i would love to actually go all out for it and i'm the type of person who likes to go all out <laughs> um this is made by every layer free i found it on etsy It does look pretty cool. Uh, kind of standard, kind of, not castle-y, but you know, fortification, 40k fortification looking, but paid it up to look however you want. Is it 80 bucks for all of this? Honestly, isn't bad at the slightest. 
That's kind of what I was thinking is not a bad deal, but I guess I haven't looked at a lot of this stuff yet, so... This from GW nice. would probably be at least $150, $200. Jeez. <laughs> I, pretty much just brought news. I, uh, me and Crit have been talking about going to Adepticon this year. And mm. to my knowledge, still plan on going. I know I, I, I say to my knowledge because with the surgery, yeah, life, life happens. But as far as I know, I am still going to Adepticon in Indiana. Crit will be there, and you guys could come meet us, or we could chill, whatever, you know. I'll be fangirling over pretty much everybody I see. You know, that's just a very open guy. I like to scare people with my enthusiasm. Well, the uh, thing I... Sorry. <laughs> the thing uh, that I know about Warhammer fans is they go out on a lot of things, so you're probably going to see some pretty, pretty impressive stuff there. Oh, God, yeah. I, the amount of life-sized Space Marine shit I see is insane. It's like 10 feet tall, people walking around. <laughs> but it's in March. Um, it's pretty, it's kind of just like any other con. It's just obviously focused on Warhammer 40k. Actually, I don't even know if it's focused on 40k. It may be Sigmar as well. Either way, I'll be there. Kurt will be there. Anybody who wants to come hang out with us, meet us, whatever. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to go full Viking because I have the hair and the beard for it. Space Wolves. <laughs> and on that, I believe that is the end of the mid-break. Don't forget, check out the Fumbling 4 store at fumbling4.com. There is dope-ass merch there. Half my closet is our shit at this point because we just keep coming out with cool stuff. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> you know, I, more. <laughs> and don't forget to check out our Patreon, guys. I've been, I've been, I've actually started posting exclusive videos. And even if it's not exclusive, you get to see it like a week or two before I bother posting it on YouTube. You can ask some of the guy, Blades, did you watch the video I posted not too long ago? Yeah, no, honestly, it's been. The, the tidbits behind the scenes or stuff that doesn't quite make it to actual episodes, it's still funny. And it's still cool stuff. I, I laugh or I'm interested. The last one I posted was of uh, the, the charity challenge. He had to, uh, Crit had to take a <laughs> shot of lemon juice and vinegar, and I took it with him. And he liked it a lot less than I did. It, it was, I genuinely thought, like at one point I offered to end the stream for him because I thought he was throwing up at his desk. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And it's oh. the kind of shit you're only going to find if you come check out our Patreon. So, come on. Do it. Ear pressure. <laughs> you can you can join for as little as a fucking dollar. <laughs> and on that, we will end the mid-break. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that mid-break, ladies and gents. Or, you know, fucking kumquats, whatever the fuck you say you are. Hope you uh, plan on spending lots of money or no money. I just like being here with. It makes me feel warm and cozy inside. It makes me feel love. 
Uh, Blade, you got any info for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can explain a little bit about McCraig before uh, 40k. So 30k McCraig, and even before rejoined the Empire, uh, the Imperium. The, the Imperium. If you're interested in hearing any of that, not even slightly. But I can tell now why you do all the work. <laughs> Well, so because a lot of this is in the, in the in the in the universe that is Warhammer, it is very uncertain in a lot of on a lot of planets, even even most planets, maybe every planet. Well, there's some, there are some paradise worlds where you might not even be able to make it to the next day. So when I say that the planet tends to make the people, and therefore the primarchs are made by the planets that they landed on. It's probably 100% accurate. Uh, so, McCraig, uh, after the Age of Strife, actually managed to weather that storm for the most part. However, it was not completely uh, unchanged. It remained a relatively bleak, rocky, uh, mountainous planet that had to rely on uh, tight organization to even sustain themselves but the fact that they managed to make it past Age of Strife with relatively most of their technology intact and stay in contact with their planets is incredible and this uh, centers back on that the people had to adjust to this not inhospitable but still harsh environment so as uh, Mango here mentioned before, that there was a council, uh, a pair of them, that ruled over this planet. And while they maintained contact with other planets, um, there was a lot of logistics that had to go in place to make any of this happen. And so the people there generally were a bit more farsighted than your normal uh, citizen. This, in turn, is what led to Gilliman becoming so focused on making things fit, making things work. Of course, anyone that's human understands that evil can lurk in anyone's heart. And one of the council, the one, the Garen, I believe his name was. <laughs> Let me double check. Gallen. One of the council, Gallen, the other member, the one that didn't adopt um, Gilliman, was part of the lazy elite nobility and really hated that Gilliman's father was so for the people, so uh, the hard worker deserves a bigger share kind of situation and would lead a coup uh, while Gilliman was away, uh, crushing uh, an uprising of bandits. And it's because of this chain of events that would lead Gilliman to becoming the one on top, the one in power of McCray, 
And by the time that the emperor showed up, he was impressed that such a vast amount of planets, and I'm not, I'm not specific on the number of planets, but even if it was a low number, even more than a, a handful of planets being able to stay in contact and being under one rule was incredibly impressive. Because the Age of Strife, if you don't know, covered pretty much the entirety of the galaxy in warp storms. And that meant uh, almost absolutely no travel between planets, no supplies, everyone thought they were cut off. So that's how McFaig managed to be unique among planets in that it was actually able to govern over other planets. Like Terra or Mars. All of this to say that McCraig, well, itself is oblique and relatively low, I would say low life because just not that much on it. It maintains, it's more than itself, it's every planet within its uh, command. <laughs> I'm not really sure how much more I can say on it. A lot of the information on it is just about Gilliman, because that's just kind of how it is. With that's fair, yeah. But for the most part, it was... What are the, what are the people like? Where they all pretty much did... Well, I know I kind of talked about it. Romans. <laughs> uh, so there were there were dividing classes, you know, it was like a caste system, but uh, for the most part, people there wasn't very much civil unrest because everyone just kind of grew up knowing that they had their place in a car or they were a cog in a machine, and they had to fulfill that role. And people obviously were happier when. Uh, Gilliman took over, but they were already relatively happy when his dad was in in charge of, or had 50% of control because he was doing sweeping reforms that would change the government in quite a few ways to really put people who worked hard in the forefront of things. That's fair. So I would say now up to the point where Gilliman took over, most of the aristotic elite was killed off for treason in one way or another. And people that are left are usually very forward business-minded people who know that if they're going to continue their way of life, it has to be for the good of all rather than the good of few. That's fair. Don't be a dick. Yep. All right, short and sweet. <laughs> I do know. Uh, I actually recently learned this. First off, an in-canon nickname for Gilliman. 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 What the fuck his name is? Eldar Railer. No, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> Love it's that one. Robu. <laughs> People just call him Robu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the poor man. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, Robal Gilliman is how his name is pronounced in Ukrainian, and Rob Raba uh, Gilliman is his name in Russian. <laughs> and uh, in French, Gully, I guess pronounced Gilly, however you want to say it, means tickle. So, 
uh, there's like a small joke in France that he because the way his, na- his name is pronounced, he sounds like a superhero that goes around like tickling the bad guys, <laughs> which is just fucking hilarious to me. Uh, it's hilarious to me that it doesn't matter what language this man's name in. Everyone's fuck- fucking dying on it. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. Uh, his name is dumb as shit. <laughs> but on that note, I know it's sad. Like I said, this was going to be a short and sweet one. I can barely fucking talk. And Blades hates attention. I do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We love you. Except for you, Joe. Fuck you, Joe. You know what the fuck you did. <laughs> Can't believe you right now. As my mother always says, love piece of chicken grease. <laughs> Smart woman. Thank you for tuning in to the Warhammer Lorecast. If you like the show, please leave a five-star review. Tell a friend. That's how we grow. And stay tuned on that Patreon coming soon. And finally, shortly within the next week, we'll have our Twitter up and running. Make sure you reach out to us. Tell us what you think. And of course, show us those armies. Until next time, dear listener. Remember, in the 41st millennia, there is only war.